Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. Welcome you to Bowen Springs Baptist Church this morning. We're glad you're here. If you're a guest visiting with us today, we want to invite you to tear off the tab on the side of your bulletin. Let's all just do that. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. I hear a few out there. If you're visiting with us, we want to ask you to fill that out. And at the end of our service, if you will drop that off at the Welcome Center table out front, they will give you a gift. We have a little gift we want to give you today, so just fill that out and let us know a little bit about you, and so maybe hopefully we can set up some way to, to get to speak to you and let you know about us as well. On the back side of that is a prayer request form for anyone to fill out. Uh, if you have a prayer need or if you know of someone that is in need of prayer, please fill that out. Drop it off in the offering plate, and we will um, get those to where they need to be, either in the prayer room or to share with staff. Uh, so just please fill that out accordingly. A lot of things going on. If you look in your bulletin, we are um, glad that our deacon, I say glad, but deacon nomination is coming up. So make sure you get the, um, the membership list so that you can do that on the given day at the given time. Also note that there are DVDs available from last week's uh, Variety Show, which was a big time. If you missed that, you may want to get a copy of that. That was a really, really good time, great time of fellowship. I'm thankful for the music committee and for the social and fellowship committee as they worked hard to make sure that that got pulled off. So on the back side, you'll see the opportunities of service. Um, Wednesday night activities are back in full swing, so please make sure that you get your name on the Wednesday night meal list, which is baked chicken, carrots, peas, rice, and cake this Wednesday night. So please have your reservation in no later than Tuesday. If you can do that, that would help us out a great deal. Uh, at this time, I'm going to recognize Sandy Quattlebaum as she is going to come and share briefly about uh, her uh, women's Bible study group that will be starting back up soon so i'll let her share with you on that i just wanted to take a minute of your time uh we are starting a new women's bible study on tuesday september the 15th uh it's a beth moore study called loving well there is a description in the bulletin about that if you have not already told me that you're interested and you would like to be a participant in this We'll be meeting for four Tuesday nights, 6.30 to 8, uh, here at the church. And I, I need to get the materials ordered early this week. So uh, if you are interested and have not already told me, if you will see me after church, I sit about halfway back on this side. So, so just see me after church. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sandy. Doug Bryan's on his way up to share uh, mission moment. But I do want to take a minute and thank our men's Bible study group this morning for a great breakfast. Give them a hand, please. Good morning. Good. I want to uh, take just a moment to, uh, to inform you, to remind you, and to encourage you. Uh, today we'll beginning our our month of focus on North Carolina mission offering. The North Carolina mission offering is, um, to, uh, let me double check to see my, my numbers here. It is $2.1 million. Our church uh, goal for this year has been set at $4,000, which is a little more than we gave last year. So there is a room for encouragement for growth. 
The last Sunday in September will be our official in-gathering, but I would dare say that we are open at any moment to receive any type of offering that you would like to, uh, to give. The monies uh, of this offering are used in the state of North Carolina for such things as disaster relief, health screening, and partnerships with uh, differing groups to, uh, to spread God's word. The, uh, the, the theme is So They Know. And if you're like me, as I look at the world, we have such a world in need. There are people who just want a place to live. There are people who just want enough food and water to survive. And uh, we have an opportunity to tangibly show that people are loved by God. And hopefully, as we show these demonstrations of love in as many ways as we uh, financially can and experientially can, then we will open the way for them to hear the gospel because the gospel is heard as love is proclaimed. So I would ask that you you consider what you will give uh, to this offering. The uh, in-gathering will be the end of the month, but our goal is $4,000. Thank you. As Ellen's coming up, I just want to um, say a quick reminder at the bottom on the um, spiritual growth study that will be happening in sep September with Dr. Alice Cullinan. Please make plans to, to be a part of that. There's sign-up sheets in the back hallway to do that, so we look forward to that. Have you ever been hungry? Have you ever thought about what you would do if you were hungry? Have you ever thought about what you would tell your child or your children? The cereal box is empty. The cupboard is bare. Don't think that fits many of us today, and especially those who enjoyed their full plate breakfast today. We're probably thinking, now, where are we going to eat lunch? What's in the crock pot? But there is something there. And for many people in our community today, there are homes where there is nothing. The bags you see on the pulpit contain food that we, as everyone in this room, has ownership on. One bag for dinner, one bag for breakfast. How long can you make it last? Can you feed 10 people off that bag? These bags go out every Tuesday and Wednesday morning Monday, Thursday, Friday, whenever someone shows up. They come for help. They will tell you quite up front they have nothing to eat. They come for our help. Some struggle to admit they need help. Some are afraid to ask for help. But they know they're hungry. They know they need food. These people are our neighbors. A young mother lives down the road, makes minimum wage, has children to feed. She runs out basically the same time every month. But she knows she can come here and get food. She's trying. She's our neighbor. Young families, single moms, older adults, some houses with more than one family living in them, trying to do the best they can. Billy Graham's website, Hams for Hunger, says that 
15% of the world today struggles to put food on the table. Hunger is creeping into the middle class. They say it's the season we're in. Our numbers are hard to hear and to understand. The week of August the 25th, in three days, we fed 20 families, 40 people, with an age span of 21 to 68, 20 children. This week, the first week in September, we fed 25 families, 34 adults, ranging from the age of 23 to 82, 22 children. Two families came in that had five children in their house. Where do we fall in this daily life? We have become their lifeline. People who know that they can come here and get assistance. We ask if they need help. Do you go to church? Can we pray with you? Can we pray for you? We can't turn them away. There are several families that come on a regular basis. We have to honor them. We need to support them. What minimum wage they may have earned is gone. We are their lifeline. Matthew 25, 35 states, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. When you sing the hymn today, because I have been given much, listen to the words. Listen with your heart. We are fortunate, every one of us sitting in this church, more blessed than we realize when you think about being hungry. God has given to us, we need to give back. The Bob Abram Sunday School class, a class of men, part of their Sunday morning worship is an unselfish gift of money. We others in the church do the same every week. Others give food. John Cannon and Rodney Nolan buy groceries, stock shelves. But we as a community action committee are asking Sunday school classes to take ownership, to help us fill the closet. Asking today for you to be responsible for just one or two items, maybe cans of green beans, maybe boxes of cereal, just a couple of items, but the same item every month. Through everyone's effort, we can continue to give the hope to the people in the community. We challenge you. Next Sunday, the food closet is going to be open from 9.30 to 10. It's not the prettiest room in the church, but I invite you to come by there and see the food closet. If you want to drop your food off, you're more than welcome to. If not, there will be spots at the end of the doors as you come into the church. Just come and see where we are, what it looks like, and a reminder that we are blessed. Now it's our turn to bless others. Matthew 25, 45 says, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. Let us pray. Lord, we are a community blessed. We are a church full of blessed people. We have been given more than we ever realize until we face someone who has nothing. Help us, Lord, to see them as you see us and share our blessings. 
Open our hearts, Lord, to not only see the need, but the person, and be willing to help. It is through you, Lord, that we are who we are, your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first hymn of praise this morning is one that you're all familiar with, hymn number two, Holy, Holy, Holy. Please stand as we sing. a passage of scripture from Mark chapter 7 verse 37 says people were overwhelmed with amazement he has done everything well they said he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak 
We'll ask you, what are some things that you're good at? Some things that you're good at. Science. Science, okay. Rescuing animals. Rescuing animals. <laughs> Proof of that at your home. <laughs> you don't ride motorcycles well? Yeah. Singing? We got a dancer up here, I know. Um, I brought some items that I think can represent things that people do well. Um, what is this? This is a putter, and it represents people who may be able to, to play golf well. I like putt-putt. You like putt-putt? Good. Well, what about this? Cleaning. <laughs> Cleaning. Somebody might clean well. We've got some good cleaners. Your, your mom cleans well? I'm going to say you're saying that's what she does. <laughs> now, now, this has a couple. What is this? It's a cup, yes, but what this represents is somebody who works well with their hands. They make pottery. I like pottery. Pottery. Um, Mr. Tom Whitaker does an awesome job of making um, pottery. This is one of his cups. Um, what about this? <gasps> coloring. Coloring. You like the color, Georgia? You like the color? Yeah, you color. I bet you color good. Also, you know, painting, arts. Crafts, those kind of things. Some some people are good at that. Um, some people are good at reading. You know, they can they read very well and enjoy reading. Well, I think one of the things that's going on in this passage of scripture is the people are absolutely amazed at how Jesus does everything well, everything well. He even causes those who are deaf to hear. He heals. They were just absolutely blown away by the fact that Jesus does everything well. Well, you know, I think a lot of times we can get aggravated and frustrated because we may think that we don't have anything that we can do well. But that's, that's not the truth. I believe everybody has something that they can do well. But what we try to do is we try to be like, we try to be like Jesus and do everything well. And that's just not simply going to happen that way. So what I want you to think about is I want you to think about what you do well and how God may want to use you to serve Him well. But I don't want you to put pressure on yourself because here's the trick, okay? We don't have to do everything well. I'm going to repeat myself when I say that. We do not have to do everything well. But what we are asked to do is to trust in the one who does do everything well. And who did I say that was? Jesus. You trust in the one who does everything well, and he will give you the ability to do what you need to do for him. All right? So don't think that you've got to go out there and be awesome at everything. But you trust in the one who is awesome in everything. And he will give you the ability to do what you need to do. All right? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you that he is a great, a great example. But we thank you that we don't have to do everything well. But that we are called to trust in the one who does everything well. And that you will lead us 
to do what you need us to do for you. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Ephesians 5:19 says, "Speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord." The next hymn encourages us to think of our singing as both a prayer to God and as a blessing to each other. So, um, please stand and sing hymn number 603, "My Singing Is a Prayer." I want to give you an update on a few folks. Uh, many of you know that Betty Washburn uh, for the last couple of days has been in the hospital there in Shelby and we want to continue to remember her. Uh, she had some improvement yesterday and just a slight setback last night uh, and is struggling with pneumonia, went in for heart uh, complications and heart failure, but we want to continue to remember Betty this morning in our prayers as she remains there in Shelby in the ICU. Also, uh, Jean Putnam, we want to remember her as she's there at Shelby as well. Uh, Carolyn Green, which is Linda Green's um, mother, is in the hospital in Gastonia with diverticulitis. We want to remember her this morning. Uh, also, Jane Stroud, as she recovers from soldier surgery, shoulder surgery. So don't say that real fast, but um, we want to remember her. Uh, things went well, but uh, she's experienced some pain from that, and we want to just pray that things uh, continue to improve there for her. There are others at home that are recovering or that have tests or procedures coming up soon. And if you don't have a prayer list that uh, you can use 
from our church. We encourage you to pick one of those up. We have new ones available every Wednesday evening, and uh, they're giving out, uh, given out to our adults for prayer meeting and our other adult Bible study option. And so those are available on Sundays as well. We encourage you to pick those up and be mindful of the needs, the prayer needs that are here within our church. Uh, I want to give us just a few moments of silence this morning, and then I will lead us in our prayer together. Father, it's been a busy morning, full of good activity, full of great options for people to be involved in, whether it's the breakfast, whether it's Sunday school, all the different ministries that have been presented and spoken of this morning, the North Carolina Missions Offering, the Backpack Ministry, Ladies Bible Study, uh, so many opportunities to grow, to serve, to show your love, to receive your love and learn more about it. Father, we pray that we would be faithful. Lord, as Wesley was saying during the children's sermon, we can't be good at everything, but Lord, help us to be faithful in the ways that you have gifted us, the ways, the abilities, the talents that you have given us. Help us to be faithful in using those to serve you, to serve others. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that you are a holy God. We thank you that you are the one and only, that there is none above you. All might and all power are in your hands. Lord, there's a lot we confess we simply don't understand. But Lord, give us greater understanding. Give us a greater love, a greater awareness of your presence here with us today and in our lives. We're thankful for this church. We're thankful for this community. Lord, help us to seek out ways that we can serve, ways that we can uh, communicate your love to other people. Father, we ask now that you would speak to our hearts today. We uh, pray for the sermon, for the words that are spoken. Father, may they be pleasing to you. We pray for the songs that are sung and the prayers that are prayed, that you would receive glory for it all. Our hearts are heavy this morning. Father, we do lift up Betty Washburn, Jean Putnam, Carolyn Green, James... uh, Jane Stroud, and Lord, and others we know who are at home uh, that are struggling with different needs. Father, we pray that they would feel your touch, that they would feel the presence of the Good Shepherd with them this day. Father, open up our hearts to what you would have to speak to us today. Open up our minds to what you would have to teach us today. When we leave here today, may we know that we've been in your presence. and May we say with others, it's good to have been in the house of the Lord today. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn 605, Because I Have Been Given Much. As Ellen reminded us this morning, we have been truly given much. And and let's celebrate the opportunity that we have to share those gifts with others. Please stand as we sing.
Let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for all the many gifts that you have given us. You give us so much, and we take so much for granted. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we thank you that we do have food to eat. But we ask that you would help us to look to other people who lack things and be willing to share what we have with them. That is what I know that you would have us to do, and sometimes we forget that. You give us much so that we can share it. We thank you again for all the many blessings that you give us each day and just ask that you would be with us through the week. Show us how we can be the people you would have us to be. Amen. Today we begin the process of deacon election for the term beginning January of 2016 and going through December of 2019. Uh, as some of you may remember, we made a slight change in our church constitution back in the spring and uh, changed, made one small adjustment. Uh, as you know, we give out this uh, list of all active members of the church, all, all members of the church today. Next Sunday, we will uh, 
uh, be allowed to nominate five people. Each church member can nominate five people to serve as deacons. <coughs> After that day, we will accumulate those uh, ballots and the top 10 people will be contacted to see if they are willing to be to serve as deacon. Once we get 10 people, regardless of how far down the list we have to go, we will have 10 names we will bring to you on the last Sunday in this month. Uh, and then you will be able to vote on five of those 10 people. <coughs> on this list you have, you'll see underlined 20 names. Those are the people who are currently serving as deacons. We should have also underlined the names of five people who rotated off last year. Those people are Jimmy Beeson, Bill Daves, John Glenn, June Hobbs, and Bob Lamb. The way our system works, a deacon is elected for four years and then must be off for two years. You cannot serve uh, until you spent the time away from it. So those five people I just mentioned cannot be nominated for next year. <clears throat> uh, currently, our, we have on the Board of Deacons 20 people, 16 men, four women. Uh, those who are rotating off this year are, Jimmy, are Tommy Green, Dale Hambrick, Tim Lancaster, Lynn Surratt, and Justin Webb. And I mentioned that for this reason. It may, it may matter to you, it may not matter at all. But once Justin Webb rotates off the uh, diaconate, there will be no one on the board who's younger than 50 years of age. If you think the uh, Board of Deacons should be representative of the church, remember we will have we have currently 19 people over than 50 and one in his early 30s, I believe, Justin. So you can do that. You can think about that. It may matter to you. It may not matter at all. Uh, one thing that should matter very much. In our church, deacons obviously have a role they play in the business of the church. But ideally, deacons are servants in the church. You don't have to be a deacon to be a servant, but you certainly should be a servant if you're a deacon. So when you are looking at the people you want to nominate, think about that, prayerfully consider, and be prepared next Sunday to make those nominations. Thank you.
Thank you, choir. And Roger, are you ready for some good news? If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Begin looking at verse 38 here in just a moment. Luke 10, 38. Over the last several weeks, we have been in a sermon series called The Roots of Hospitality. We've had a few interruptions in that, or I don't want to say interruptions, but we've had some other Sundays where some other things needed to have taken place. But we've looked at a few topics, and I want to remind you of those. Uh, They are also listed in the roots of your picture of the roots of hospitality on the front of your bulletin. But we've looked at grace, and we've looked at what it means to offer grace to new faces, to people that we simply don't know, whose backgrounds we don't know, whose whose jobs, whose lives may be different from ours, and how do we offer grace to these new people that we don't know? We also looked at what it means to offer grace to people that we know very well, the people that we sit with in the pew, the people that we sit around a table with and serve with, uh, maybe deacons or um, committee members, who we simply don't see things eye to eye with. How do we offer grace to those who we love with all of our hearts, but we simply don't see things eye to eye? Because sometimes it's hard to offer grace uh, to people that... um, that we know well. Maybe sometimes it's easier to offer grace to the stranger than it is to people who we know well. But we've looked at that. We've also looked at what it means to offer a humble welcome, to have a spirit of humility about who we are uh, as a people. We've also looked at what it means to offer offer an impartial welcome, to offer, uh, to welcome each one the same, no matter socioeconomic status or status in society or whatever it may be. But when we come to God's house, we're, on the same, we're in the same boat together when we're standing before God. Uh, and so we've looked at that. And today we're going to be looking at the topic of service. And uh, it's hard to have hospitality without the root of service, if we're looking at it that way. But if you'll read with me in Luke 10, I'll, well, I'll read for us. But uh, if you'll follow along, Luke 10, verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary for Mary. Excuse me, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Father, I pray today that the preaching, that the words of my mouth, that the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Speak to each of us today, Lord, at the point of our need. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to say over the last several weeks, it's been amazing to watch Boiling Springs Baptist Church um, accept this challenge or this invitation to think about the way we offer hospitality. It's been exciting to watch. There's been some energy. There's been some creativity. And most of all, there's been a tremendous heart that you have exemplified in the way that you are showing hospitality. Hospitality to the new face. Hospitality to one another here in the church. I'm seeing a lot of people, and I'm sure it's always been this way of people holding doors, but it seems like now that we've been talking about how heavy our doors are here at the church, I've been seeing a lot more people holding doors uh, for many others, sometimes waiting a good time so that one who's way down the hall, in case they are going out that door, will not have to open the door. And so I am greatly encouraged by what I have been seeing as a congregation in the way that we are showing 
the love of Christ through the service of hospitality. The tree, again, on the front of your bulletin for hospitality, in order, in order for this tree to blossom and bear fruit, the roots that you see there on your bulletin are essential for its growth. The roots listed on your photo are not all-inclusive, and you may, you may think of others that you feel are essential, but this is simply a starting point. The last root that I've chosen for us to look at is service. Having looked at this tree that represents hospitality, I will step out on a limb Okay, you can, you can laugh. And say, and, and say that it's impossible to offer hospitality without offering service. Uh, men who took care of our breakfast this morning, you offered great hospitality and great service in filling not only my stomach, uh, but the stomachs of many this morning. So uh, thanks again for a wonderful breakfast this morning. Earlier in the week, I was uh, needing some help on the sermon title this morning, and I'm still, uh, I have several options for us this morning, but uh, some of you who I'm on Facebook with, I had the, uh, uh, the question saying I need some help, and I started out by saying, service is to hospitality like blank is to blank. I added maybe like heat is to fire, like cold is to ice. Somebody chimed in and said like Elvis is to rock music, uh, like peanut butter and jelly is to jelly. Beef is to chili, peanuts and Cracker Jacks is to baseball. But you can't, I would offer to say that you can't have true hospitality without first practicing the gift or the root, as we're calling it this morning, of service. The sermon title that I've landed with this, this morning as we've looked at this story that many of you know. Some of you may have heard it for the first time, but, but many of you are familiar with the story of Mary and Martha. I've titled the sermon today, Serving Like Martha While Sitting Like Mary. It's not an either or, but it's a both and. Serving like Martha while sitting like Mary. I want to ask you something this morning, or, or make this statement. Um, as we begin to think more about service today, we all want our lives to matter. I don't know how many of you, I don't think any of you wake up in the morning and just say intentionally, uh, I don't want my life to count for anything. I don't really want to involve, be involved in anything that's meaningful. I just kind of want to go about my work, do my thing. Uh, most of us want our lives to count. Uh, when we begin that relationship with Christ, when God begins to do a new work in us, there is something that happens in us that's hard to explain to other people. Uh, that's how we know it's God. But God begins to place something in us. He begins to place a desire and a burden and a deep uh, commitment, resolve, to, to, to add a sense of greater purpose to our lives, to make a difference in this world. I'd like to propose to you this morning that when we begin to get deep in the area of service, when we, we, when we begin to think about what it means to serve those who we sit on the pew with, those who, new, new faces who come in uh, to our sanctuary, to, our, uh, to the body of Bowling Springs Baptist, as we begin to think about those uh, that we serve here in our community, in our state, in our country and around the world, we begin to get a sense of purpose and meaning about our lives that we simply can't get from anything else. And it's amazing about what God, how God works in our life in that way. As we begin to grow closer in our walk with Him, He begins to plant those seeds of purpose and those seeds of meaning that will translate into how we serve Him. I want to ask you a question this morning. How are you currently serving other people? Many of you here in this church have been serving for a long time in some capacity, whether it's whatever that capacity be. I don't want to start naming things, but many of you have been serving a long time in different ways. Some of you are beginning, your eyes, I can tell, I've, conversations I've been having, you're beginning to think about new 
possibilities for service. And I'm encouraged by that as your pastor. I can see it in your eyes. Some of you, some of you don't even, some of you are talking with me about it, but others, I can just see it. Your, your curiosity is, your, your eyes are open, you're alert, and you're, you're, you're beginning to test the waters a little bit. Maybe you've been a little shy or a little insecure about getting involved in some new areas of service, but you're beginning to think about it. How has God gifted me? What would he have me to do to serve others through my church? Uh, maybe it's a ministry through our church. Maybe it's something else in the community. Uh, that uh, God has been impress- in, you know, uh, being pressing upon your heart uh, to serve. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking more at service. Next Sunday is Founders Day, and the theme of our Founders Day, as we celebrate our past, we're going to be looking and uh, just mentioning briefly those, and, and well, not detail, not names specifically, but we're going to be talking about the fact that because of the service of many in this church, this church is where it's at today. Because of the service and the generosity and the love for God that many have in this church, um, we not only see the benefits of that here locally, we see it across our state, as we talked about the North Carolina Missions offering this morning. We've seen it in India. We've seen it in South Africa. We've seen it around the world through your commitment to missions. How might the Lord be encouraging you and challenging you in this area of service. We will also be sharing next week, not only about service, but as we think about, as Roger mentioned, deacon, uh, diakon, diakonos, uh, the word for deacon simply means servant. And um, it, some have said waiting on tables, but it's a willing, it's a voluntary commitment to serve others. And we're going to be talking about uh, what that might look like as we begin to nominate deacons next Sunday. Uh, what are some things we need to keep in mind as we nominate these new servant leaders for our church? But today we've looked at Luke 10, beginning at verse 38. Here we find Mary and Martha, or excuse me, it mentions Martha first as the older sister, but Martha and Mary lived with their brother Lazarus in Bethany, a suburb outside of Jerusalem. We know them best from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, where Mary is anointing the feet of Jesus there in the home. Uh, Martha, being the first, century, uh, the first century's own Martha Stewart, begins to do things that Martha does best here in this passage. She begins to prepare a meal while Mary is simply sitting with Jesus. Mar- Martha is working herself silly while Mary simply sits and listens to Jesus. I don't know what Martha was doing, but I imagine that Martha was trying to send some hints along the way to Mary. Maybe she was in the kitchen rattling dishes a little bit louder, you know. Uh, Maybe she was uh, having that cough, you know, that we try to do sometimes to get people's attention. Um, You know, it makes you wonder, you know, was she outside the window of the house where uh, Mary is sitting there at Jesus, kind of beating the rug a little bit hard, you know, <laughs> um, trying to get, you know, prepare for everything, trying to send the message, but the message, uh, Mary was oblivious. Maybe, maybe she saw what Martha was doing and, and wasn't concerned because she had focused on what Jesus commended her for, for focusing on what was most important. Uh, but we don't know. And we also tend to maybe think into this relationship with Mary and Martha. Um, what might it have been like before Jesus arrived? You know, was there this little bit of this sister thing going on with Martha being the older and Mary the younger that maybe there was a history of Martha having to pull Mary into the kitchen? We don't know, but many pastors and teachers I've heard for some time have speculated about this relationship between Mary and Martha. Mary shows herself to be a little bit of a rebel as well. She is sitting, which we don't see often. She's sitting with the men and learning about God. This was not the norm in first century Palestine. Typically, it would have been Jesus and his disciples and other men, but Mary, who we know 
Martha and Lazarus, that family had a, a great relationship with Jesus. Here we see Mary sitting at the feet with other men, listening, reflecting, asking questions. Martha being the practical type. Mary, the spiritual type here from this passage. We see, and not only here, but other places in Scripture. We see both the contemplative in Mary and the activist in Martha. Mary choosing to sit, to listen, to ask, to think, to reflect. Martha, being the older sister, chooses to prepare dinner, single-handedly performing the task that will lead to a good meal. Sometimes we get so busy doing good things, we forget about God. We are so focused on the goal that has to, the things that have to get done, we lose sight of who we are doing it for, and maybe even why we're doing it at all. The opposite is also true. We can become so focused on learning and more, learning more and being with other like-minded people, we can turn inward, focusing on our own spiritual growth, that we lose sight of the needs of others around us. Many of you are involved in some good things, but let us be careful not to allow these good things to choke out God's life and God's work in us. Let us make God and his presence in our lives our primary focus, and we will find a natural flow of serving others as we do this. As I mentioned, I struggled with the sermon title today, and and again, the one I landed with, again, was serving like Martha while sitting like Mary. In Luke twenty two twenty seven, Jesus himself said, I am among you as one who serves. As true followers of Jesus, we also must serve others. The question I want to propose to you this morning is, why does the Lord want us to serve others? You may think of some answers that I have not written down today, but these are four that I'd like to mention to you briefly. Number one is, through serving others, God's work is done. Through serving others, God's work is done is done. One thing to ask, it's one thing to ask God to bless people and then do nothing for them. We must remember that God works through us. I used to tell youth when I was a youth pastor, it's one thing to tell your friend or to pray for your friend who doesn't have paper and pencil. Well, it's another thing. Why don't you just go ahead and give them that paper and that pencil? That's something you don't need to pray about. Now just go ahead and give it to them. But um, God wants to accomplish his work in this world through you and through me. Will we be open? Will we be willing to allow God to do his work to bring about change in other people's lives? That purpose and that meaning that God began to implant in your heart and in your life when you trusted in him and began to walk deeper in a relationship with him, God wants to do the same in others as well. And he wants to use you to awaken them and to, and to serve them and to introduce them to the love of God. Why does the Lord want you to serve others? God desires to bless our lives through our service to others. I don't know how many times in my life where I've been just kind of having one of those days, maybe those days, if, for those of you who know kids, the, the book, the Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Um, maybe you're having one of those days one time. And somebody told me this one time, and it works. But if, if you're kind of having one of those days where just, you're just not feeling great, you're just not motivated, go do something for somebody else. I don't know how many times in my life where I've had one of those Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days, and I've went to a nursing home. That's the last place maybe you would think about going when you're having one of those days. What it begins to do is it takes your thoughts off of your concerns and off of your cares, and you begin to think about other people, and you begin to think about their needs. And maybe it's not a nursing home. Maybe it's helping out here at the food pantry. Maybe it's doing something else. 
But God wants to bless your lives as we begin to serve others. Why does the Lord want you to serve others? Through our service, through our service, we increase our ability to love. We become less selfish when we begin to serve others. And the last thing that I mentioned is it gives our lives purpose and meaning when we're serving others. And again, as Wesley mentioned in the, in the children's sermon, we all are gifted in many different ways. So your service could look a little bit different from my service. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking a lot more about service. The scripture has much to say and much to challenge us about in this area of service. It is my hope that a year from now, uh, as we've talked about hospitality, my hope now, a year from now, is there'll be certain things that we're, we will be doing as a church family that will just simply be second nature to us now that we've introduced this idea of what it means to, to show true uh, hospitality. Uh, my hope is that a year from now, uh, say, I'm just throwing out numbers here, but say, for instance, we had 30% of our people, 40% of our people serving, doing something for the church a few hours a month. My hope would be that a year from now, that percentage is higher, that we have 50 or 60% of our church active uh, attendees serving in some area of ministry throughout, throughout each month. And so we're going to be offering other challenges as we move through this month thinking about service. In conclusion, though, I would like to suggest this morning that we need the contemplation of Mary while also needing the hospitality and the service of Martha. We need both, especially in the church today. Communities that are healthy require both the contemplative and the activist. Let us be challenged by the service of Martha, but also, again, by the contemplation of Mary. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that spirituality without service is barren and selfish. It also reminds us that constant service without spirituality is exhausting and hopeless. Let's serve like Martha while we're sitting like Mary. How are you this morning at sitting with Jesus? Are you feeling overwhelmed? By the pressures and trials of life, do you need to stop to rest and to sit at Jesus' feet for a while? Let him put his arm around you. Let him comfort you. Is your relationship with Jesus important enough to rearrange your time, to rearrange your priorities so that you have the time to sit with Jesus? Will you allow Jesus to enter into your circumstances and into your daily schedule so that you can begin to serve others in greater ways? The good news this morning is that as we walk with God and grow in our relationship with God, our lives will be filled with a greater sense of purpose, a greater sense of meaning, and we will pursue and attend to our spiritual growth, and we will actively pursue paths of service. It's not an either or. It's not that we, we focus and we learn and we study and we reflect and we don't serve, and it's not that we serve and we don't spend that time studying and reflecting, but it's a both and. How are you at each of those this morning? Some of you may be exhausted in your spiritual life because you've been, you've been serving. You've been going hard. You've been, you've been doing your task. You've been playing the Martha. You haven't been sitting like Mary. And some of you maybe have been sitting like Mary, and maybe God is beginning to speak to you now that you've been sitting about ways that you can serve. But I would like to propose again to us this morning and ask us and challenge us, how can we serve like Martha while we sit like Mary?
Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the challenges that we've received through uh, North Carolina Missions Offering, Food Pantry, Children's Sermon. Lord, through this, again, through the songs that we've sung, the ways they have challenged us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Martha and we thank you for Mary. We're thankful, Lord, that uh, each of them, Lord, had gifts. And Father, we're thankful for the, uh, uh, the message that we received from this slight rebuke that was given to Martha. Lord, to remind us that, Lord, that the reason that we are here is to worship you. The reason that we're here is to sit at your feet. The reason we're here, Lord, is to receive that love so we can share that love with others. Father, we seek to glorify you in everything that we do. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. Convict us of areas of our life that may need some adjustment, some areas that may need some attention. And, Lord, we pray that you would lead us and guide us in all things. Lord, we're thankful for what you're doing here in this place. Continue to have your will in your way, in our hearts, and in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to challenge each of you this morning, if you're here today, and maybe you've never committed your life to Christ, maybe He has been uh, doing something in your heart that's been spurring something that that is giving you a greater sense of purpose and a greater sense of meaning. Uh, I want you to know that this altar is open. Uh, You're welcome to pray there in your pew, but you're welcome to come down this morning. If you desire to talk about church membership or some other need or burden that's on your heart this morning, this altar is open. Let's stand and allow the Lord to lead us. Hymn number 287. of your Labor Day weekend. Many of you are off tomorrow, and as we think about service this morning, just wouldn't challenge, challenge you. Maybe, uh, maybe your biggest area of service over this weekend would be to serve your family in some way uh, by spending some time with them and, or doing some things for them. Maybe there's some other opportunities that you might have this week as well, so I just challenge you to, to think about that. Let's uh, close now with this benediction. Father, teach us more about what it means to serve like Martha and to sit like Mary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. 
Thank you for listening.